What's going on? We are we're sipping codeine, trying to take away all the pain. Uh, we're also we're also we're also doing it all for love. How, how often have you said doing? Have you screamed doing it all for love this week, Mark? We've been screaming it since we found the playlist. Uh, since we found out Labyrinth was the executive producer of the music, uh, we came into episode seven literally screaming all for love. As of right now, I do not feel those emotions right now. These emotions right now that I have are a little bit more are a little bit more anxious, anxious because I'm ready. I, I, I'm very ready for what is about to happen. Yeah, it's complicated. Uh, but yes, welcome to Overly Medicated, a podcast based on HBO's Euphoria um, television series. This is, we're in the first season. We are coming up to the end of the penultimate episode of this season. Tonight's episode uh absolutely insane uh you know right down to to the nitty-gritty just as far as just how it started past the title card um again i mean how do you feel about this episode mark just overall before we just get into our our deeper thoughts on it i really liked it and 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 euphoria did a really good job this week of giving us the preview so we kind of go into this week's episode thinking it's going to be very very cassie heavy but they have done a really good job of uh, painting a lot of different pictures from that story of Cassie. Now, everything that we see as far as her backstory and all of her details that go on throughout the episode end up touching so many different people, which has led to all the different stories that they paint throughout all of this. So I expected it wasn't, it wasn't really as dramatic as of course the, the, the Halloween episode that we had last week. Um, the, Carnival? Carnival, yes. The Carnival episode that we had where we were just on the edge of our seats and just very ready for action. Um, it's going to end up being that way because of everything that was planned out in episode seven. But uh, I was very happy about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this episode overall, I think I said on record last week's episode was my favorite of the season. Um, I think it's still there. I think episode seven, again, was what we kind of we guessed it earlier today when we were playing uh, GTA. We were like, this is table setting. Uh, a lot of this episode is table setting. If you like, really think about it, you had to get you had to get Jules out of the city in order for the story to progress, uh, in order for Rue to figure things out, and in order for Nate to kind of get into his end game as well. Um, which, again, that's not a bad thing. Most HBO shows do that anyway with the penultimate episodes. Um, man, uh, let's just get right into it. This is a very inter- again they they kind of upended the way that I format this show because usually I talk about c- multiple different characters. This is very much bringing the show back to what the the basis of the show is. Very Rue heavy episode, as, mm-hmm. as much as, as much as we thought it was going to be a Cassie heavy episode. Not a lot of cat, 
Not a lot of McKay, surprisingly. Um, not a lot of all the other characters. I mean, pretty much a lot of characters we, we've been introduced to uh, in the sense they've been pushed to the side. Not even a lot of Jules this episode. Let's just keep it 100. Uh, at least we get a, a, about 10 minutes of her within like the last final 40 minutes of the episode. But uh, mm-hmm. a lot of it is based around Rue and not only her being sober, but her feelings of, of, of depression, you know, potential bipolar disorder, which she's trying to diagnose herself with, and her not wanting to go pee. Um, but as we always do on this show, on Over the Medicated, we, we talk about uh, the, the characters in kind of like a tier order. Uh, the least important uh, storylines of the, of the episode to the most important ep- uh, storylines of, ep- of the episode. So we're going to get to Rue, Jules, uh, a little bit later, but let's first talk about Cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are gonna be so happy. People are gonna be so happy that we're yeah. bringing Cat up first. I mean, yeah. very, very uh, was not very important this episode. Um, a lot of the things that we saw from the Halloween episode were probably questions that we came into this, but we didn't really see too much of it outside of uh, 30 seconds of the results of the Halloween party. Episode six ends with Kat leaving the bathroom with everything that had happened with Ethan and, and having a little bit of questions because Ethan had to dip out and, and did not feel so comfortable with that. But she ends episode six looking Daniel dead in the face. And that was the last that we saw of Kat. Um, during that Halloween party. But as of now, episode seven, uh, we see Kat and introduced to Kat at the table um, with Cassie as she. Yeah. uh, Cassie has some concerning news and we'll get to that also in just one second, literally probably right after this. Uh, But we see that Kat who met up with Daniel right after he uh, basically told Cassie off at the party. Cassie, Cassie's like, you know, I think that I should tell, uh, McKay that I made out with Daniel and Kat, her face is like, oh, fuck, <laughs> goes straight to the party. Of course, what have is confirmed that two things are confirmed here. One of them, uh, what we kind of already guessed, uh, that Kat and Daniel did have sex. The second one that is something that you brought to my attention earlier this week, Mark, as far as the identity of Daniel, actually who he is, showing that the, this show's world is more interconnected than we thought. We are. It is confirmed that Daniel is the boy that she was in love with, or that Cat was in love with when she was a child. Yes, and shout out to. Uh, I wish I had the Twitter. Name. I think the Twitter name was page underscore zero six zero three. When I was going through Euphoria and just looking at all the different reactions that came from week to week, um, somebody had asked the question and asked, "Is this?" the same Daniel from tonight's Halloween episode or just older, or are they two different Daniels? And her tweet that she had originally was the screenshot of the younger cat holding Daniel's hand. And at that time, my mind fucking blew because I was like, holy shit. They didn't really go into too much detail of cat at her younger self and Daniel outside of her, him uh, giving her the note and breaking up with her. And that put her into that. um, That made her really sad as a child. But now when we were watching episode six last week, we didn't even realize that that is the same Daniel from her youth. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, she finally, and again, we, we see a little bit more of that. Um, I, I would have liked to see more. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little disappointed at the, at the reveal um, of this because it's like, it's again, I feel as though cat storyline has been, it was, it started off really well. 
And then it's kind of starting to become not just cliche, but it's like the, the writing just really flimsy on it to me. It's like, okay, now she just so happens to do this and Daniel is, is a prick and he doesn't really care about her. And this is going to get us to good cat. I'm like, I, I would have loved to see something other than dudes being completely shitty to her, whether she is sexually liberated or not be the reason why she becomes or is going to become good again from what I'm guessing will happen. But essentially cat was said, you know, I, I was basically in love with you and he was, and Daniel was like, I, you know, basically he didn't give a shit. He was like, He's I didn't even real. know. Oh shit. Man, that's, yeah, crazy. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. I, I, I just got the cheeks. And then, and then <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's probably the, the first time since maybe the carnival when, um, she assumed that Ethan was talking to, uh, another girl at that time that we see cat go back to being, uh, very vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, and, and Kat, you know, remembers this moment, uh, not probably not in that moment where she reacted, but this essentially sparks a fight between Kat and Maddie. Surprisingly, everyone's on edge, essentially. You know, we already know where Maddie stands. We know where Kat stands. Uh, this whole table scene, which we'll get to in, you know, in a little bit of in, uh, in-depth uh, analysis on in a couple seconds was essentially for Cassie. It becomes about these two fighting, which is weird because they are essentially the closest, like Kat is Maddie's closest friend. Yeah. And, and vice versa. And, um, you know, Maddie basically says you were a terrible friend to me uh, when, you know, when I was going through, you know, the lowest point in my life. And Cat was like, your boyfriend's a fucking psycho. And uh, essentially, Maddie says, I'm <laughs> she says, I miss the old cat that wasn't a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that, that's that C word is that atomic bomb that set yeah. cat off and just made her dip out. You feel me? <laughs> just tears down the street. I'm like, oh, cat, come on. Huh? You can't be barring. You can't be barring everybody up, barring Ethan up every week. And that and that's what sets you off. Just that. I mean, I understand because dude, it, it's, it's kind of uncomfortable because and ironic in a sense of a way, because cat is the first person that Maddie had trusted when it came to finding questions about what she had about Nate and what Nate had in his phone, um, she did not understand um, the the types of ways that somebody could possibly be straight and have uh, numerous pictures of dicks in your phone. And from Kat, I mean, at, at that point, Kat didn't really give too much insight on it. I mean, she wasn't the, the most the most helpful. So maybe Maddie does have a point in that case, but there's two women that trust each other. So now in this situation where uh, Cassie is, is, is looking for assistance, they go head to head and show their true feelings about one another. And it ends up becoming an area where Maddie uh, eventually gets the, the upper hand and Kat looks completely distraught going down the street. So yeah. you do have what a point in a sense where... Mark, what did I text you? As soon as we see that you saw the scene, I say auto green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt, Maddie auto green, but I feel like I feel like both of them. I feel like both of them should be very responsible. No, I'm saying cat was green. Cat was Oh, cat cat auto green for starting the fight? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. and then get her. Cat, Cat, then she started the fight and got her goofy ass. Smoke. And got her jaw rocked. <laughs> <laughs> got her jaw rocked. <laughs> she definitely did get it. She definitely did get her jaw rocked. But Maddie, Maddie, definitely, Maddie definitely grew for for a certain point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is all we got of Cat. Uh, a lot of characters in the story this week, even uh, Maddie especially, uh, kind of tertiary, kind of not uh, in the spotlight. Uh, but what I do want to talk about, because there's so much to unpack here that you know we can't really leave her out. Uh, I want to talk about Cassie. We do get her backstory uh, at the beginning of this episode, and boy, oh boy, is it a doozy! Um, it was sad. 
it was a it was a very sad backstory. Probably the I, I'd say probably the saddest one of anyone not named like Rue or uh, Jules. I, I think it's definitely up there. Mm. Uh, so we find out uh, when when Cassie and Lexi were younger, uh, you know Cassie's dad was a Mac. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he, he had a little bit of uh, yeah, he had but, a little bit of sauce. He had a little bit of sauce on him. I give him, I give him yeah, a little yeah. sauce level like seven point seven point nine. I give him seven point nine. Yeah, they was all they was on him. He was like, man, they on me. <laughs> <laughs> they just can't get off me. <laughs> Me, me, was he yelling it like that? Yes, bro. At like, the, at the damn, bro. Yeah, can you get him off me? Meanwhile, Cassie and Lexi are on the side, just like, damn. He got them all. Like, Cassie pulled up. Damn, you got them all, Dad. Just, I'm just trying to get like you. <laughs> I'm just trying to get mom's like you. In the corner just, mom's in the corner just distraught. Like, God, here this shit go again. God damn, all these damn girls. <laughs> I'm trying to go home. <laughs> I got a kid at home. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. But uh, so essentially, we we uh, see that the the relationship between Cassie and Lexi's parents were was never really good because of the fact that her dad was very popular and her mom was uh, was insecure about a lot of things, uh, which leads into Cassie going into puberty and developing a lot quicker uh, than most girls her age. Of course, becomes a, lo- a little bit more like well endowed, and her uncles and men on the street and family members and people that were friends of the family start hitting on her in a very scummy scene of people just grabbing on her and hugging her closely. Uh, and within all of this happening, her dad spiraled out of control. He couldn't afford, you know, to to send her to ice skating lessons anymore. Uh, he was losing his jobs. He couldn't keep it together at home. So everything's starting to spiral out of con- control until it leads to the, their parents getting a divorce when they were er- in their early teens. Uh, one thing I will say before we continue on with the story, really love the casting of uh, of young Cassie. She looked exactly like her. Yes. And I love... Just like Sydney. And I think this is the, one of these, the, uh, this season's strongest episodes as far as... I think it's up there with the carnival as far as the way they shot this episode. I really like a lot of the things they do visually on this episode, especially with the, uh, with the flashback to Cassie's uh, you know, childhood here with them being young. And then you see Lexi in the background. But you know, Lexi's still being present, but the way that she's being shot is always like... Lexi is kind of like this silent watcher of everything that has been going yeah. on in this show from the beginning. And I like the way that she's always kind of in the, in the background in all of these scenes as well. Uh, but you know, after the divorce, Cassie and Lexi's mom fills their heads with, with a lot of garbage. Uh, their dad, you know, stops kind of talking to them a lot and he slowly kind of disappeared out of their lives until one day he fell asleep behind the wheel and got hit by a truck. And from there, you see Cassie, Lexi, and of course, the mother rushing into the hospital uh, to make sure that he is okay. But after the after the accident, I mean, Cassie seems really supportive of um, getting him out, talking to him more often, making sure he's okay, making sure he's up there mentally. And the responses that she gets and the communication that she receives from her dad after that accident um, get even worse than the um times apart from weeks and months that they would see him more often. Now it's even worse. Yes. Uh, So of course, Cassie helped nurse him back to health in a lot of ways. Um, And, you know, she stayed very close to her father, even when he was, you know, he couldn't walk. They said he couldn't walk. You know, they said he'd never be able to walk again. And uh, he does eventually walk and years pass and he hits her up. He texts her and he tells her to meet him outside uh, and, and, you know, open the garage door. I love that. 
I love the shot of the garage door opening over Cassie into her face. I, yeah. like, showing her face. I really like that shot as well. Um, it's, and you find out that uh, her dad is a junkie, uh, presumably heroin, uh, from what it looks like on his arm. And he says, you know, I'm really sorry for not seeing you all these times. He's, you know, completely disheveled, calling her from an unknown number. Uh, she asked him, can he call her? Can she call him from that number? He's like, nah, 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 can't yeah, do that. Yeah, this, is, this is my friendship, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay. I, got, I got a new number, though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you know what the new number is. And uh, as as much as uh, we see that and, and him struggling to try and give an answer as to what's going on, and he's completely apologizing, um, the face of Sidney Sweeney in this it makes it very, very heartbreaking because it's, uh, th- thankfully, we won't, have to relate to having this conversation with our fathers um, in this type of sense, mm-hmm. but to see um, how Cassie reacts to all of this and how Cassie takes all of this um, conversation between herself and her father is something that is really, really difficult. Right. And uh, definitely the moment where everybody pretty much on social media was like, yeah, this is the saddest one <laughs> because yeah. he, he goes in and he takes, he, he goes into the house and takes some of his stuff, uh, presumably to sell it. Uh, and you take some damn plates. I'm like, yeah. you, 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 you get a lot for these plates. He walked in and said, "God damn, I got a PlayStation." <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, no, I don't want too much money now. We, can, we can't make this hot. Let's say, let's say some easy shit. I'm gonna take this Crash Bandicoot, nigga. That's good. You <laughs> better get a fresh three dollars for that Crash. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Um, so essentially we, we see that Cassie's life has been shaped by the misconnection from her father. She, she, you know, she did, you know, Rue says in the narration, she didn't like to be alone. And so she got with, with men who made her feel as though she was, you know, she was loved and she, she was happy because that connection with her father was something that she sorely missed and was gone from her life. And we get yet another scene of, you know, all of her ex-boyfriends trying to, you know, video, you know, have, make sex tapes, get her to, you know, perform fellatio on them on camera, get her okay. peeing, get her naked, get new. Like McKay even does it a couple episodes ago. He's like, can I get the nudes? Yeah. And she, and she does it. And it's like a lot of those scenes start to make sense here. And it's just like, damn, what a what a heavy backstory for such a for a character that like three episodes ago, we kind of looked at like, ah, you're green as fuck. And that and that affects uh, a lot of the relationships that she'll have with men going forward. I was just completely confused. Like what 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 positive? Well, not even positivity. What type of delight do you get from videotaping somebody peeing? That was the one thing that just completely threw me off. I'm like, yo, you're running a bar in the bathroom. That's weird. It's beyond it's weird. weird. It's just weird. It's just weird shit. A lot of a lot of that is going to affect her going forward. But that was one thing I was just like, "Come on, dog! You can't put the phone away. Was he taking a piss?" Yeah, it, it, just a weird like. And then you know, again, you see her uneasy doing it, and it, you know, it, it, listen, man, this show in a lot of ways and a lot of times made me so afraid for you know my unborn children, man. It's 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 it's. I mean. I, I, I kind of don't want to be that guy in that situation, but um, when I had when I had um, I, I took a moment I took a moment this weekend to watch um, um, to watch Seth Meyers and he covered a little bit of Euphoria and he said this is almost like a PSA yes uh, to <laughs> parents and their children growing up in a social media world and I, I put I put that I put that in quotations but in, in in certain realities it kind of is becoming in that type of realm this should be labeled as a social media age whether you want to look at that positively or negatively 
Yeah, it, it's it's rough, and these kids go through a lot. And I think Cassie, more often than, than not, is you know a, a a victim of this, and she's someone whose story is probably very very relatable to a lot of young women out there. Yeah, who are just just trying to live. Uh, even you know, Ruth says it herself. It's like you know, she she knew about these videos. She'd seen them like the first time she she saw when she got a panic attack, but then she figured. By the time I get a job, there'll be so many people that, that have had sex tapes before that it won't even matter. And it's like, that shouldn't be the way that we think. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's terrible. Uh, but before we even get to, you know, after we get to get away from that scene, our worst fears are pretty much confirmed that Cassie is pregnant. So, uh, you know, which, again, changes a lot of things. But as we move forward in her story and her thread this episode, uh, we see that the Daniel incident has, sh- has kind of shaken her to a point where we kind of... You got to kind of, well, I, I've read the context clues that she's told Lexi about this incident and it's, it's kind of made her feel like shit. As far as Cassie, from, from Cassie's perspective or Lexi's perspective, from because Cassie. Lexi did have a interesting quote on that when Cassie kind of tries to confide in Lexi and, and, and seek some answers to some questions that she's had from that. Uh, from it was from Cassie's perspective, where, where Lexi pretty much says, that's all you've been talking about is the, is yeah. the Dale the thing. Mm-hmm. And and from from Lexi's perspective, it's 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 trying to make sense of it because she even says herself, like, yeah, I've never really had two guys interested in me like this in this situation. It's it's really been always been from the time that they were young, Cassie that received all this attention while 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 Lexi was the younger sister that um well not the younger sister, but the sister that was that did not receive that. Yeah. And we don't get to see a lot, we don't get to even hear a lot of what uh you know what Lexi feels or what her insecurities are. And it's like, you know, as much mm-hmm. as we've gotten more of Lexi this season, I have to say like, when we get to the episode next, when we do our wrap up next episode, I'm going to have a lot of words about what they did to this character <laughs> this season. Okay. And what they did to Lexi. Well, yeah. the, one thing, the one thing that I actually didn't appreciate about Cassie and Lexi this week is um, the times that they actually did band up together as sisters, when it came to uncomfortable situations, as far as their mother and, uh, father arguing and and they might hear certain things from the other room like banging the door and uh, glasses breaking and things like that we don't we, they don't go too much into that um, type of abuse when it comes to the mom and dad but I really did like the shot of Cassie and Lexi kind of banding up and, and, and trying to be pretty much pretty much trying to be family in a very uncomfortable situation so I mean, she essentially we we spent a lot of the episode with Cassie feeling guilty and, and afraid over the fact that she is pregnant. Uh, the the table scene that we talked about earlier was to be <laughs> was to be a scene where she told the girls about it, but of course she leaned into the uh, kissing uh, Daniel thing, where it, you know essentially Maddie says that is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> so, I was not surprised at all. Everybody in the in the, in the table was like, uh, "You sure?" <laughs> Even BB was like, oh, fuck, you know, do that shit. Uh, nah, nah, you don't want to do that shit. But, you know, I, I, I like Cassie trying to be the adult here. I, I think that she really does love McKay and she wants to do right by him. And pretty much call out anything that, that, that could um, haunt her, essentially. There, there doesn't want to be anything, anything that she's held on to in this type of situation they've had. She's been very interested in um, 
moving things forward with McKay and moving on from any of the, uh, the bad words that were said. Of course, she saw the very uh, odd situation with McKay last week um, and, and wants to move forward with this with McKay, but she wants to make sure that all the honesty is out there. And as of right now, as far as catch perspective, Maddie's perspective, BB's perspective, uh, 100% against the idea. I even was um, pretty entertained by Maddie's um, insight in the kiss between um, Cassie and Daniel when she said, um, well, I think, I think Cassie had even said, Cassie had said before. I didn't and, cheat, cheat. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't cheat. She, I mean, she didn't have sex with Daniel, but she's like, no, 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 no. Kissing is way more intimate. You don't want to tell this. I was like, wow, this is, I mean, uh, that's, no, that, that, I don't that, know. I, I got to hear about some ladies, ladies, <laughs> hashtag ladies. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think that, I think that we're going to chalk this up to being youthful, but uh, I, I think that mindset uh, even passes around people our age. Yeah. I, I, uh, is kissing more intimate? I don't know. Let, let's talk about it, bro. Let's talk about it. I feel the opposite way. I feel the opposite way of that. Just okay. being at the age that I am as of right now, but there are those that might share the same thoughts as Maddie and they're not 17. True, true. I, I would say that, that there's probably, I'd say that to a lot of people, probably that I would probably ask that kissing is probably like a DEFCON 1. Doing some of the other shit is probably like DEFCON 5, you're dead. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's just me. I gotta, I gotta ask, I guess. So essentially, we move on throughout the, and I gotta have to say, like Cassie has be- completely become a dynamic character and turned it all around in these last three episodes. I, I'm, I, I applaud uh, Sydney Shaw, uh, her actress, with how great she is in this role. I think she's probably one of the strongest actresses on the show. Uh, so we move on to a scene that I was dreading when she tells McKay that she's pregnant, and I was, I, ty- I had like three things typed up, and I wanted, to, I want to say, I want to say what I had typed up. Outside of the outside of the Onos, <laughs> yeah, I said, "Wow, McKay, come on!" No, 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 no. I said, "Oh, wow, McKay's not going to be a douche because he at this point he asked her, how do you feel?'" And I said, like, "Okay, word." Then I said, yeah. "Wow, McKay, come on!" No, McKay, no, McKay, green as fuck. <laughs> no, <laughs> fuck McKay. Then I put at the end, "Well, he is a kid still. He is he is a kid still. He is he is, he is really young." So essentially, McKay is basically you know. We can't. He basically says, you know, and he's in a lot of ways. He's he's right. Like, we can't have a kid right now. Like, he's like, I I have a lot of stuff going on. You have a lot of stuff going on. Cassie says something to the effect of, "What if this is what I was born to do?" Again, yeah. Cassie's worth is being wanted and being you know seen as something that you know is is a part of affection, so that she isn't left alone again. And I did like at the end that McCabe brought her back and said, "You know what? You're going to make a great mother one day." basically just not today <laughs> like we can't do this today yeah and uh that's that's where that ends up so i'm guessing that we're going to be getting uh a very rough scene or a very rough incident thing going on next episode yeah yeah the, yeah the next the next few weeks are going to play out as far as cassie's pregnancy but the one thing that just made me automatically think oh mckay's about to be green as fucking this was when um cassie is telling her emotions about that and says you know she feels kind of uncomfortable and mckay the feeling starts sitting in for mckay where he's just like damn my coach's gonna fucking kill me oh, my parents are gonna fucking kill me and it, it, it really starts becoming more of his self outside of the situation of the both of them and under i mean under understandably when you hear the fact that whoever you're dealing with as of right now is pregnant i know a lot of 
the room starts swirling. Many different things are probably going through your head. So a lot of McKay's emotion and his thoughts about his future are probably coming out very vocally, uh, very audibly. And um, you start thinking about what is going to go forward or can move forward as far as McKay and Cassie and um, this child that they are going to have to deal with as far as preparing for for these next few weeks. But um, I'm just not sure how it's going to end up that way. And we had even sent texts to each other saying, I really hope it's not about to be what we think it's about to be. And thankfully it wasn't. Um, yeah. But this finale is, is, is going to be the one that is telling. Yeah, very telling as far as where these characters go. Um, but I will say, like, I, I did tweet McKay Auto Green, but I, <laughs> I don't think he. I think he might make a top five, maybe. No, they're they're really young though. Like, we're if we're to, if the show's to be believed, McKay's like eighteen, almost going on nineteen. Yeah, they're Cassie, not they're not gonna have the insight that us 28, 30 plus are gonna have. Yeah, and and Cassie's what seventeen. Like, I their their reactions are completely justify they shouldn't be fucking with no rubbers though that's that's where i gotta stand on, on that uh i mean oh uh, wow okay all right, all right. And it happens yeah but you can't you can't you can't control certain situations <laughs> okay sure. i mean you can i mean you can essentially i won't i won't i won't use that as the psa to be like that shit happens go fuck wrong but um wow, wow. <laughs> what i'm being i'm being honest Okay, I I I get I get it. I'm just we saying. Have, we, have, we have we have to be honest. We have to be honest with the audience. Have to be honest with um the situations that are at hand for freshmen in college and seniors in high school. She's a junior, by the way. Ah, uh, junior. Okay. So let's get to rules. I'll just put them both together this episode because a lot of this episode was about this, and I think everyone was pumping their fists at Rue and then by the end there were we had our hands and our uh our palms on our faces by the end of this but uh essentially this the episode starts with Rue becoming obsessed with Love Island UK <laughs> during her depression she ends up watching 22 hours of Love Island uh which kind of leads her down a, her own spiral of depression from feeling you know kind of dejected from Jules and their relationship is not the best but yeah Soberu starts putting it all together. She feels as though the Tyler incident is BS. Of course, Tyler is the person that they pinned the assault on Maddie on in the last episode, but she knows that it's BS, which completely changes the show for at least five, I want to say five or 10 minutes. The show completely, it's in like this weird grainy filter. It looks like a, mm-hmm. looks like a seven. It looks like a Fincher I film. And it has Lexi pop up as as her her partner. Rue essentially becomes a detective with Lexi, her her partner, and they're trying to figure out what the truth is behind the Jules and Nate situation. She says one of the best lines in the show, and she says, "I'm Morgan fucking Freeman," and this is the beginning of the third act. <laughs> and that look she gives this motherfucker is gold, brother. Nate is just looking over to the side and she's staring a fucking hole into Nate's mm-hmm. soul. And so, Lexi's just like, like, damn, you all right, bro? So essentially we figure out that Rue knew she was talking to Nate the whole time, which again, I don't think drugged up Rue or in love uh, sober Rue was trying, was trying to see. This was the stuff she wasn't trying to see. But she remembers when uh, she remembers that, you know, when she met Tyler, <clears throat> when, when Jules met Tyler, she came back to her house immediately. Didn't want to talk about, but then also say he didn't look like how he looked on his pictures, which yeah. leads her to believe again, the name Tyler is Tyler who the assault victim that Nate 
you know, pretty much pin the uh, the Maddie incident on. And she figures out that she was talking to Nate the whole time. Detective fucking Rue. And of course, she's jittery in her own her own mind. But then she realizes, hey, I think when it's self-diagnosed myself is bipolar. How did you feel? How did you feel about that? Um, it was an interesting take. I think I think it was an interesting take. We saw her very interested at two thirty in the morning, telling Lexi, and then trying to figure all this out. You see the really, really beautiful shot of of her, literally in the middle of her room, all the different papers, all the different photos uh, that she has spread around her in a nice circle as she's trying to paint all of this together. Um, and with all of that, she starts realizing she's a fucking genius and starts talking to herself, and and, and even yells at her mom, she's a fucking genius. And with all of that we start you and i especially start cheering like this is fucking it so rude thank you god yeah somebody please give Nate what he deserves and 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 with this you start seeing her sobriety and her and her clear mind almost like a superpower and 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 all the things that have happened in these past few weeks and the months of the issues that she's been having of trying to be clean and all this it's paying off and everything is starting to be really really beautiful for rue until uh, things start getting to a close and things start getting figured out. And with that comes a little bit of a bout of her depression that starts coming back. And with that, she starts feeling uh, just as bad as she did at the beginning of the episode. So despite and the fact there, that she there, fun. there is one reason why she feels bad for this whole episode, because rule for the entirety of this hour long episode and possibly days in the show does not go pee. And I, I, I've never been more stunned. I've never been more stunned. Granted, I'd like to say that I felt the pressure from time to time. Never has it been enough for me to ignore taking a piss. That's, that's terrible. That's terrible. Drew refused. And they show us the shots of her bladder literally screaming for help. Yeah. Like, and all he's doing is rubbing her stomach, just turning up the volume on the reality TV. I must take a piss. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Uh, I love what the show says about uh, depression and how it feels and how she feels as uh, how she describes like the, the best parts of her life being wiped away as the depression goes on and on. And it just leaves her with the moments of, of badness and she, she can't see how she's blessed or how she, you know, what she has in front of her. She only can see the bad parts. I, I love the description of depression there because it's, it's so it's poignant, you know, it's, it's something that a lot of people feel. And I think the show touches on a lot of different issues that, uh, young people feel and even older people that are up to my age feel you know at times yeah. and and in turn shows a visual representation of what that feels like and again Rue holding it in essentially like her her pee she can't hold it in any longer and her mom eventually does see her speaking of her mom her mom has a new boyfriend his name's rick and uh rue's not a fan <laughs> i wasn't a fan either I really was. You saw the text that I sent you. I was not a fan. He pulled up and said, "Yeah, what up? What up, man? What up, man? What up, right? You heard that? Uh, I heard. I heard you kids listen to that smoke perp. Y'all heard that smoke perp this week? That shit fine. That's that what y'all said. Jip. Jip? <laughs> hey, fine? Jip, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> I heard you got a. I heard you got a new friend. Huh? Yeah. Y'all be um. Where you find her on Tinder? First of all, uh, Rue's mom is down with the swirl. Right? That that I did not expect. She down with the swirl. That's just, Mark. I know you had hopes that she would find you. She ain't with it. 
She's down with this. Was school. I? Would I, I be mean, interested? In, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, let her. Um, you know, what? I'm not going to discuss her mom. Strong, strong black woman. I have, I have, I have very high respect. I have very high respect for her mom. I did not expect it to be um, this choice. Feel me? Uh, but yeah. So going on, we see Rue go to talk to Fez uh, and and tell the story. You know, and and kind of go over her case to him because no one else is listening to her. She tried to talk to Lexi, and Lexi essentially tells Cassie like, "I think something is. She's going through a manic episode right now." <laughs> but <laughs> Lexi tried to fuck out of her. But uh, Lexi was just like, "I can't take this shit no more." Like, I wanted you to talk to me, and I wanted I wanted to be friends, but like, this is too fucking much. Um, so she's telling, talking to Fez, who's taking care of his mother, and uh, Fez tries to go, you know, she wants to go over the case, and she essentially tells Fez, where's your gun? I want to use it to scare Nate. <laughs> huh? And then, he was, and then she was like, you know, maybe you could even, uh, maybe you could, uh, just, uh, you know, point it at him a little bit. And Fez, and Fez was like, like, yo, are you fucking serious right now? And f- forgive me, you know, Fez is definitely a white guy, but uh, <laughs> Fez said, nigga! <laughs> If you don't get no dumbass out my damn well, actually, he didn't even get a chance to do that because um, we get a visit. We get a he visit. received an unexpected guest. Yes, we get a visit from Mouse, and this is going to have some implications that we'll talk. I'll talk about when we talk about uh, Nate, but um, Mouse, Mouse, <laughs> Mouse does visit. He tells Rue to stay in the, in the room with his mother. She sees pill like the pills are literally starting to talk to her. Uh, and she's there, like you know, use us, you know, use us, please, 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 use us, Rue. And Rue's ventilating. Yeah, Rue. Her, her heart was goddamn coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking <laughs> bro, that vein was coming out of her neck so crazy. I'm like, Rue, please, no, not again, please not again. I, I feel like the the worst part was the hardest. The worst part that I started getting frustrated was when Mouse pulled up and Fez is just like, yo, please stay here. And she's like, oh, what if I can't? Um, I don't know if I can stay quiet. Um, I'm, I'm staying in this room. And Fez is like, holy shit, just shut the fuck up and stay in the room. This isn't a fucking joke. So I'm like, yo, if Rue if Ru screws this up twice with Mouse, I, I'm going to be insanely, insanely pissed. But yeah. the biggest test of all of that was when she started hyperventilating when the when the pills started talking to her. And for that, she reaches for the door. And that is when I, I didn't even have to close my eyes. Yeah. But she, I mean, she was to her, to her credit, she was Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> hit that stealth. She yeah. hit that R1. She was solid snake, bro. She was solid snake. You feel me? Uh, but we do see her, uh, you know, lastly, her, her last point was to um, essentially like, go home and and she, her mother found her on the floor because she hadn't peed and her mother nurses her or helps nurse her back to to uh to safety we're going to talk about feds in a minute but before we do let's talk about jules jules skips school for a whole week after halloween i'm like how the fuck do you do that without getting without getting expelled or you know just invalidating all of your grades that's an automatic iss in this side of town i don't know yeah. i don't know what they be doing at east island yeah, what school was that? Uh, but we we see that she's been avoiding Rue and avoiding everyone because of the guilt that she had for putting essentially an innocent man in jail. She does go out of town to meet up with her friend named TC, uh, who is essentially you know a, another person that she, you know she knows from her childhood. Uh, not really given too much backstory on who this person is, but you know she basically s- describes Rue as you know 
a friend and a little bit more. So I guess, again, Jules is rethinking what, what's going on in that situation. But With she, a very large smile on her face, by the way. Yes, very large smile. Uh, eventually, TC brings her to meet her friend Anna, uh, where she describes her first time putting up, he- putting on heels and describes her transition as leveling up. So she said it went from heels to makeup to eventually hormones. And she feels as though that was kind of, you know, every level she goes up and Anna asks her, you know, what level are you at now? She's like, you know, I don't know, but I'm going to, you know, I'm not at my full potential yet. And it leads to a very interesting conversation about femininity and why Jules picks these men that she essentially sleeps with. Uh, she says she doesn't really have a relationship with men. You know, it's, it's not really relationships. It's not dating. She's, yeah. she, she feels as though if she can conquer men, she can conquer femininity and to which Anna replies, why do you feel as though conquering a man makes you a woman? And, you know, she's kind of left on stuck there. And I thought it was an interesting scene. Uh, one thing I did text her, I was like, I wish that I knew uh, someone who, who was trans, who does watch this show, uh, to, to, I mean, kind of give us an idea of how that scene plays out or, or how they felt about that scene. Because uh, other than like me giving a recap on it, I can't, as a man, you know, as a, as a straight hetero man, I can't say that was correct or that was cool. I, I will say that I felt as though from my perspective, it was sensitive and, and it, you know, they did handle that scene and the way it was written. Mm-hmm. I felt that it was respectful, you know, and that's about as much as I can say about that. Yeah. I feel like it was a really, a, a lot of really good stuff from Hunter Schaefer, uh, just from her acting in general, as well as the inside of what we get into Jules's mind um, and how she views herself because outside of, um, her backstory and the small things that we've seen out of Jules from week to week, we don't really get too much insight of what she expects for herself in the future and how she views herself as a woman. So um, to to see her kind of stuck when Anna throws her the curveball of why do you think um, dealing with men in these certain types of situations helps you conquer femininity? And, you know, she it's, it's, it's okay if she doesn't have all the answers for that as of right now, but Jules, you really get into a scenario where you start seeing Jules think about herself more often of what she wants to be. She even says it herself. She's not 100%. She hasn't unlocked her powers 100% as of yet. But they're getting there. But she, and I feel like the road to that is really good. She's also not even 100% hetero. And we see her kind of uh, experimenting with that at the club scene, which we got a seizure warning in the beginning of this episode. <laughs> and yeah. you definitely see why uh, Jules gets off the coat quick. You feel me? And cozy. Scene, I, I told you before, I was like, damn, she was cozy now. She was she was kinda she was kinda chilling, making sure she's being very responsible for Rue. But once she was able to kind of get away from that for a couple of days, cozy. She sniffed and said, Wahoo! <laughs> and, and immediately the camera goes upside down. We're in a huge rave party. I had to turn down my volume because the shit was thumping that loud. Um, but now we have the club scene that she is at um with her two friends. Yes, and she essentially hooks up with Anna on the dance floor. Uh, but she, as she's doing it, you see all of the conflicting. And I love this scene. It was it was, re, it was shot very greatly. Her conflicting emotions for Nate, who I do believe she is in love with, or she might be in love with Tyler, who he, who essentially she was manipulated into falling in love with from Nate's twisted fucking mind. But uh, she eventually, you know, as Anna is, <clears throat> for lack of a better term. Uh, going down and getting down uh she is imagining all of her you know her love interest at the same moment and she eventually falls on uh she 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 kills the tyler side of her yeah 
And you see, you see, I saw that once Nate's um, view started coming into this, I said, oh, please let this be the effects of being high because there's no chance in hell that Nate really found out all this and really tracked down Jules. So you see Nate come into the picture. He has the same glitter on his eyes that we have seen from Jules in many different areas. We saw remnants of that glitter on Rue's face as she becomes depressed and 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 locks herself in a room and watches the reality TV. So uh, I feel I feel like, in my opinion, there's been something that has been a tie or a twist into uh, the glitter that plays into this. And maybe we'll see that going forward. Maybe we won't. But um, Jules looks at Nate face to face and he is saying, you know, I'm sorry for everything. Um, this is Tyler. This is who you fell in love with. She literally grabs it by the throat. And did she even go as specific as far as saying she's going to kill him? Yes, she said. She said. I'm. She said. I'm going to kill you. And she said, basically, like you're, you're fake. You're, you're a bitch. And I want everybody to know it. And mm-hmm. uh, she, in that point, she kind of goes and turns her focus when she kills the Nate Tyler side of her, kills that love. She sees Rue still there. And again, she says it. And I've been saying it for weeks. We said it. Rue says it to her. Her, her dream in her dream state. Rue says, that "I know this isn't going to end well." And then we, and then Jules wakes up, texts uh, Rue, and says, "You know, you have no idea how much I missed you." Yeah, exactly. All of this going down throughout the hookup with Anna. So um, while all of that is 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 something that is something that's brand new for Jules, because a lot of this that we have talked about through weeks is we kind of approach the Rue and Jules situation like, uh, is Rue certain that Jules likes girls? Cause that hasn't necessarily been confirmed yet, but yeah. throughout the conversations that has been had throughout the episode now, it is, it is, it is 100% certain that that is okay. Um, well, I mean, even Rue says it on this episode, she says that, you know, Jules doesn't like, she's, she's hetero. She's, she's kind of hetero. And, yeah. Yeah. And essentially like she doesn't like, and I was like, even you mentioned it to me. She was like, Oh damn. Rue knows that she doesn't like girls now. So I was just like, yeah, that's, Kind of once again another confirmation. Um, let's we want to get the Nate before we before we before we close out the episode. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think we can close out on Jules. I really did just like the insight of her of her being really interested in who she is and what she is going to be with this going forward. But um, her ending is pretty interesting. Now that uh, we saw the Halloween episode where out of all of this and seeing Rue and how down she's been, she kind of backed away from being responsible for all of it. But now it's, it's starting to sink in for Jules that a lot of this is comforting. A lot of this is comforting on both sides of, of the, of, of the spectrum. We talk about how Rue is kind of using this as a drug uh, using Jules as an alternate drug um, from staying away from the ones that she has used um, pretty much her entire life. But now Jules is starting to realize, you know what? A lot of this, a lot of her happiness. I might, I might be a little bit turned off of being responsible for a lot of that. Maru does a lot of things for me as far as my own happiness and my own insight of who I am. Then I give her credit for. So who knows what we see from Rue and Jules uh, in the finale. So Nate, uh, not much from Nate this episode, but I do want to do want to speak on a specific uh, scene here that I think is going to frame a lot of things. And I kind of want to prognosticate before we get out of here on what's going to happen in in the next, uh, episode, the final episode of the season, Nate does meet Fez at the store. I have to say Fez has never been out of the MVP for friends, the friend award, uh, ever. What did I call the friend award? I think, I think it was the, I think it was the Fez. 
the Fez Co- the the Fez and Friends Award. What was it? Yeah, the the, the Fez and Friends. <laughs> I think it was the Fezco Friend Award. The Fezco Friend Award. Um, listen, I do man. like Fez and Friends though. Fez and Friends is great. Uh, why the fuck would Fez Fez out of nowhere say, "Hey, man, I don't know what's going on between Jules Rue and you." <laughs> But you that, is it? Hey, bro, I don't know what you're doing with Rue and Jules, but hey. <laughs> Listen, I hey, say baby. that because to this point, Nate didn't implicate Rue in anything. He's now he knows that she knows. Know. Now he knows that she knows. Yeah. Come on now. And I, I, feel like, I feel like that just comes from emotions of Fez about Rue that we have not heard of since the pilot. And essentially, they are very, very much still there. And you saw Nate even pried into that. She was like, I mean, he was like, uh, so Rue, are y'all, yeah, are y'all dating? Like, what is that? Why are you bringing her up? And he was like, nah, that's just a, I mean, he, he's even said it throughout this entire series. That is a friend that he cares about a whole lot. Um, I think that's Cap. I feel like it's a little bit more, I feel like it's a, little, a lot more personal than Fez is giving it credit for. Um, but that, I knew for a fact that was why he had the snap in that certain situation. And I was very, and I was very happy that he vocalized that even, even if Nate kind of uh, did what he normally does and talks down him in a certain situation and says he dropped down, became a drug dealer and blah, 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 blah. a lot of the things that um, Rue had vocalized about him, but now it's coming into a lot more of a different um, body. Now that Nate is providing that type of situation and Fez listens to all of it and says, you know what? I ain't trying to hear all that shit, dog. If you continue to do this with Rue and Jules, you know what? I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill you. That's it. Don't mind when it's $5.75. Uh, listen, man. There's one thing we do know about the next episode. That Mouse did front him drugs that he didn't want. And that at the end of this episode, Nate snitched on him and called the police. Crime Fez- stopper ass Nate. And Fezco flushed all of those drugs that he just got fronted and it's not just a few pills literally it's work it's work well yeah yeah it's work (laughs) it's work okay it's el chapo level work that he had that he had toilet overflowing ashtrays like i don't know about this now where the hell you get all this shit from he's like no just shut the fuck up just keep flushing um i don't i will say this i do not think that uh i i don't think that the gun that we saw um on the preview for next episode, I don't think that's for Nate. I think that's for Fez Mouse? to protect himself. Yeah, I think it's to protect himself. I mean, he's really, really going to have. He's really going to have to now going forward. I, I, I don't know how he gets out of this situation as far as police banging on his door. Um, if he did successfully flush all those drugs, amazing. I'd love to see how he gets it done next week. Uh, but he is in a very, very, very bad situation with Mouse. Yeah, I I don't think he's the one to dispatch Nate, but I do think that they there that's he's a uh, he's acting as a red herring to make us think that he will. Um, of course, that is the end of this episode. Sorry to say that. Uh, we're going into the last episode, so you know, just really, really, let's do the Green Awards first, and then just kind of do our last predictions. Easy. Uh, number one of our Green Award, I'm just going to give it automatically. The whole world is waiting for this man to die, and I will wave that flag immediately hand held high for everybody that is waiting nate number one green award this week um number two i'm going to give it to both i'm going to give it to both cat and maddie cat being first in this uh billing 
Thank you. Just finally, the they can't. Finally, anyone who listens to this show, finally. I feel like I give Kat my. Why does this happen to you? I feel like I feel like I give when when Kat is green, I say she's green. All right. I feel like when Kat is when no, Kat is at her greenest. For, uh, listeners, say, listeners, can y'all tell the truth here? When Kat is green, Mark always has an excuse. No, I, no, I don't. Did I have an excuse this week? I don't even think I had an excuse this week. All right. If, I, if I'm if I'm lying, hey, everybody that's listening, if I'm lying, cat me up. If I'm lying, cat me up. All Go right. on Twitter, mention me, mention J5, just send a whole bunch of blue build hats. Okay. Go ahead. Blue build hats. And number three, um, you know, this is the first for us as far as overly medicated. I don't think we've ever had a week where we give such praise mm-hmm. and then such greenness. The week afterward, yeah, um, it's it's really gonna hurt. It's really gonna hurt to do this due to the fact that his response to everything and what he had said when it came to talking to Nate made things a little hot. And I won't even say a little hot. He kind of blew things up in a way that could have been very beneficial to us and made us cheer like, "Holy shit, this is finally it." But he's put himself in a very, very difficult situation for him, put himself in a very difficult situation for Ashtray. And now Nate even has more power over this situation than we could have expected throughout this week. I'm sorry, Fez. We have to give you number three. Uh, and it's just because he wasn't he, he can he can fix this next week. But it's, it's just because, like, he wasn't stealth about it at all. And he actually made it a lot messier for Rue, which Again, just goes to show like he again, like Mark said, he was more concerned with the emotional aspect of um, protecting how, Rue. Yeah, protecting Rue. So I get it. But you got to get the green award, my pal. And, and it's, it, he only got it because there were barely, you know, barely anybody was in this episode this, this, this week. Yeah, there weren't any there weren't any stupid twins doing dumb bullshit. We didn't really get much McKay. It, it, thankfully for McKay, we got like 60 seconds of McKay. Uh, uh, otherwise, if he didn't if he didn't act out like he did um, these past couple of weeks, he could have got top three green. But Fez, uh, I feel like I feel like Fez, I feel like Fez deserves it for the most part. Could he have taken the information that he got from Rue that day and acted a little bit more calmly and maybe fell back a little bit and caught Nate slipping at a, at a, at a different time? Uh, possibly. I feel like Nate, I feel like we underestimate how easy it is to catch Nate slipping in these scenarios. Yeah. Right now he really looks like the, uh, the, the, the mastermind and the brainchild of how he's sneaking up onto all this thing. But really he just does a lot of reckless shit and just gets away with it. Nate really doesn't look like a mastermind to me. And I feel like Fez, if he did fall back, despite Nate calling him in, in his words, half a retard, I feel like he is very smart enough to, catch Nate in that situation and make things really bad for him if he wanted to. But emotions get the best of you, and I completely understand, but unfortunately that does not take you out of the green war. Uh Fez Cole Ward for this week, for the for the 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 best friend. Uh gotta give it to Lexi again for being for helping out Rue uh solve this riddle, solve this case. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I really like Cassie and Lexi's mom at the end here. I thought that she she did a great thing with with Cassie going to asking for help and her mother saying, you know, you're beautiful. And I basically I got your back. I got you. What do you need? And I thought that, you know, we've seen a different side of her than we've seen all all season. And I really like that scene. It was, it was really cute. So um, going into the next episode, it is the final episode of the season and the final episode of Overly Medicated. Uh, I, I 
until Euphoria comes back. <laughs> um, hopefully, hopefully, very soon. Please do not Atlanta us, please. I would hope that it, I, I, depending on Zendaya's schedule, uh, I think that's the only person that we gotta worry about here. <laughs> but yeah, she's I, a very, she is a very busy woman as of right now. I think I, the only thing. Yeah, uh, I think what well, the Spider Man, the next Spider Man, probably be the only thing keeping her from this. Yeah, outside of that, what, what else can I think of? I know Cindy just did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, shout out to she that. Was she, she, really was good. she was good. She, I mean, she's barely in it, but she's good in it. But she's still very good. Um, who else? I don't think Algie has anything going on. Barbie doesn't have anything going on. Um, Hunter, of course, she's, she's been very vocal about this being her first project. So who knows what pops up for Hunter after this? Um, one thing that I actually did like from Hunter when she was on when she was on um, Seth Meyers. Say since she's in L.A. for her job, but really, really misses New York City. Um, so who knows what happens with this after the end of Euphoria? Maybe she goes back into a few things, a few things with modeling um, before any of this happens. She has to go back to L.A. Um, yeah. for season two. So we know now uh, the table is set. It is firmly with Jules. I'm, I'm going to guess coming back to uh, coming back home, essentially uh, to, yeah. to see Rue. I, I would imagine, I think all eyes are on, you know, what's going to happen to their relationship. What's going to happen to Nate What's going to happen to Maddie more often or not more often, but you know, more likely than that. But um, I have no clue where this, this could possibly be going. I think all, all, you know, all eyes are on what Rue's going to do with Nate. And I think that's the real setup here and the real uh, confrontation. But I mean, even in the preview, we see her in a hospital bed. So it's just a, I have no clue what's going going to happen. It's going to be very, 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 very scary. I'll say that much. Yeah. The one, the one thing that kind of threw me off was Jules just shock of Rue. I mean, she's in hospital garments and Jules is just like, is all this because of me? And Rue doesn't really say anything. And we get the, we get the complete shut off from that. So we see Rue in the hospital. The only thing that I can think of as far as Rue being in the hospital is the unfortunate. And that is um, going back to the things that make our overly medicated theme as good as it is. Yeah. She, She might be singing that substitute everything very quickly. Uh, but that is going to be bad as far as a relapse. So uh, for our for our sake, we are going to hope that that is not what uh, comes down for Rue. But we'll see. I I think that uh, I think it'll be great. Um, I'm hoping that they stick the landing here. They got a big chance of, of really setting the show off on a, on a good foot and a good note, and going out uh, on top. You know, as as you know, one of the most promising and of the new HBO series that are out this year. Uh, but Speaking of this next year, this year, we're at the end of the fucking episode here, Overly Medicated. Uh, once again, we are we're one week away, man. I'm getting kind of bummed out. It's unfortunate that Overly Medicated has to end, um, along with a lot of the, the funny memes, the funny conversation that has come from Twitter um, off the success of Euphoria. But I feel like uh, the team behind Euphoria, HBO in general, is going to see a lot of the interest that has been had from that. And I think that's one of the best positives. Uh, so we, we, we're going to miss we're going to miss everything that comes from that. It was a very, very, very quick two months um, of shooting this show, of enjoying Euphoria in general. But um I think there's going to be some very. I think there's going to be some very good um, praises that are that are sung for Euphoria after all this is said and done. Absolutely. Um, so until next week, 
uh, make sure you follow us at RNC Radio Live. We have so much stuff coming for you guys this week, including this show. We have the one year anniversary of Late Fees coming this week. We also have uh, The Lookout on Tuesday, I believe. And we also have the Mount Silver podcast, uh, which I'm going to be a guest on that this week as well with Jeff Pafifi and Meals. We also have the A show. We also have the G show, which is running through the New Japan G1 Climax. Uh, we also have spot callers coming this week as well. Um, so many things coming as well as new uh, playlists for the month. Was that, was that six shows for you this week? Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tr- I'm tripping. <laughs> I'm sure tr- Mills is like, but you asked you asked to do this. I was like, yeah, but you know, a lot of these shows are just like you know, overly medicated. It was just like me and you were just like, let's just fucking do this shit. Let's just fucking do it. And it turned yeah, out- yeah, we're just we're just joking and we're just joking in RC. We're just like, you know what? How about we just do this vocally? How about we just do this vocally on podcast? And I was like, <laughs> all right, fuck it, let's do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's all for you guys. I love you guys, uh, regardless of, of anything. And, and all of us at RNC love you guys as well. So make sure that you follow all of us uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Follow RNC Radio on Instagram at RNC Radio and on Twitter at RNC Radio live uh so until next time for overly medicated i'm justin for mark signing off until next week's explosive finale of euphoria peace y'all